Hello and welcome back to Podcasting's Praxis. I'm David, my pronouns are he and him. I'm James, my pronouns are they and them. I'm Jamie, my pronouns are he and him. I'm Rob, mine are he and him. And I'm Alistair, my pronouns are also he and him. It's it's nearly Christmas, so hooray, we made it. Yeah. And that yeah. means it's Happy Winterfall to all of you. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. A merry festivus to you too. Um yeah, it's what was it's what was the uh, what was the Christmas the Christmas festival that fucking control or delete dipshit tried to make up? Oh I don't well, know. I guess, I have guess, a gamer guess I'm gonna have to Google that now. Yeah. <laughs> How is control or delete wiki, Alistair? No. <laughs> it's, it's not gonna be as good as the uh Inspector Gadget wiki, let's be real. Nothing's ever going to be as good as the Inspector Gadget wiki. That's, oh, do you know what yeah. we should have called that episode? Wiki Wild Wild West. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody get me a time machine. <laughs> okay, so I, I can't I can't see that uh, the, the the alternative Christmas that Jamie is alluding to, but I did find this. Uh oh. <laughs> All visual cues on the mic. Yeah. <laughs> 2006 called it features uh the 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 control del woman um in a skimpy santa outfit and yeah, i'm just going to uh, show this this masterpiece of artwork to my uh, partner who isn't an, an actual artist and is now making a face like she's going to disembowel me <laughs> that guy makes money you know <laughs> tim tim buckley made a lot of money from control alt delete is for what, what, what kind of face yeah, is she making is it b to the power u it's certainly not xd i'll tell you that much <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got you got tim buckley in the foreground of the image and uh the lady i can't i don't know her name uh is saying ahem and then he says one sec boss fight uh, while he's gaming on his uh, Xbox controller or whatever, yeah. yeah, with 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 his tongue out of his mouth as as people are wont to do. What um what year was this from? Because it's incredible. Two thousand six. Is that before or after Portal? Because if it's after, it's incredible restraint. Not to reference the fucking cake. <laughs> uh, I think that's after for sure. Portal release was released in two thousand seven. Was it mm. Jesus? Yeah. Oh, right. I found it on regular box. Wikipedia. His Christmas holiday was Winter Enemus. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Oh, no, I remember this now. And it was described oh. by you know, described this... by the uh, the Boston Phoenix as an obnoxious gamer holiday. <laughs> <laughs> and he was right I mean, presumably the, the, the whole gambit of the webcomic was obviously a loss leader to set that up. You know, like, ever since we discovered the Inspector Gadget wiki and all the other ones, you know, like, regular Wikipedia just doesn't hit hard enough for me anymore. Like, I'm, I'm into much darker <laughs> wikis now. Okay, but they had the facts and, and the fucking control of delete what you didn't, so give James Whaley £5. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Wales gave me £5 for the Patreon. David, I think that lost joke gave me a migraine, you motherfucker. Good. Anyway, oh, we're, I didn't, we're, we're I didn't actually pick up on that because I'm too too busy eating beans. It's often harder on the podcast, <laughs> right? Shall we? Um, shall we? Coming to you live on? from the from the trash can fire. It's Jamie. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's, let's heal and move on. You've, you've transitioned and get to, to like quiet food. 
So hang on, David. If if we're doing if if this is like if it's a merry festival, is this is this episode technically the airing of grievances? I don't know. Well, it's it's which, the end. Which episode? No, yes, it is. No, the, the airing of grievances is on the Q and A episode, which you can find. You there, boy? Is everyone the airing Patreon. their beefs? <laughs> <laughs> Right, okay, um, it is awards season because it's the end of the year, we've ran out of ideas and we're just going to do a thing we've done before. Um, yeah, because yeah, we're great so like that. We are, so what is the first award, please? Uh, the first award is, um, as people, people are probably expecting, the Lifetime Achievement Award for being dead as fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and the winner is Alistair Darlin. <laughs> a real, a real upset. A worthy contender, category. you know. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And if anyone can't remember what he did, he was he was new Labour Chancellor for a while. And um, I want to say, uh, without looking it up or doing any research, because what is this a podcast? That he was a big Iraq War fan. He was. Almost there you so. go. I mean, honestly, he's dead. You can say whatever the fuck you want here. That's true, actually. Mm. Like. <laughs> So maybe yeah. he was, maybe he was um, against the Iraq War, and it just took the 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 guy that did Robin Cook a lot longer to find him. It took the guiding light of the last. <laughs> Change his mind. <laughs> Alistair Darling studiously avoiding going up like you know forlorn mountain paths, and you know just doing everything he can to put you know like the security <laughs> services waiting around every corner, and he's just like, oh, that looks like a dark basement. Not going down there. <laughs> yeah, love it. Yeah. So the second award is the Henry's Dead LOL Award for most damage to public discourse. <laughs> nice. And the uh, the first contender is Elon Musk. James, would you like to fill us in on what this fucking prick's been up to? <laughs> yeah, so, so just to be clear, this is for damage to public discourse because there's a lot to Musk and we could be here a while talking about it all. But I'm just within not. the con... Yeah. Just within the confines of damage he's done to public discourse, I think he's a worthy contender. And I know everyone's sitting there going, this is going to be about Twitter. And yes, it is. We'll get to that. But it's not just Twitter. It's not just about the damage to like the social electronic infrastructure. Let's start with another kind of infrastructure. You nearly Let's said about... town square. <laughs> that comes later, David. That comes later. Um, l- let's start yeah, the, with Starlink. followed by a basement. Mm. <laughs> so yeah let's start with starlink because musk owns starlink and starlink uh, for those of you who have somehow missed it is a satellite network providing internet access supposedly to the entire globe and also locking us into kepler syndrome for the uh was it kepler or kessler shit kessler 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 thank you very much um yeah also locking us into kessler syndrome for the foreseeable future um, the thing about Starlink, right, and why it counts as damage to public discourse is what Musk is doing with this is kind of insidious and everyone's been missing it. What Musk is essentially doing and what he's made a serious bid for and why, um, you know, SpaceX and like associated companies are worth so much money is that Musk is essentially attempting to replace the basic infrastructure of the internet for international communications. He's attempting to own that. 
People make a lot of like song and dance about how Amazon basically owns the internet because they run all the servers, etc. But Musk's going one step further and trying to basically, by degrees, replace the connections between all the servers and our home PCs. Um, and for now, this seems like a bit far-fetched because it's all running on cables. You know, it should all be fine. Don't see what the issue is. Except little by little, Starlink is becoming more and more um, ubiquitous and just, you know, ever-present, especially in areas... Um, where the internet is newly being established, such as in the third world, and also during you know times of internet outage, what's been happening is that places have been losing internet access and then they've been replaced at expense with Starlink access. And this is all fine and good, except he does literally own it. And he has been doing things like, for example, shutting it off um, according to, you know, political dictates and whatever seems interesting to him, particularly in the Middle East. Um, also, hilariously, during the war in Ukraine, where he, uh, Ukraine wanted to do a counteroffensive against Russia, and Musk just decided not to turn on Starlink for them to do all their coordination through it, <laughs> uh, meaning that that assault that Ukraine had planned was a failure and couldn't go ahead because they couldn't actually communicate using Starlink because Starlink was the backbone of their long-range communications. And Ten minutes funny. in, but at the first, let them fight. It's what if you gave the whole world one fifty six k six modem, and then you put the world's biggest dipshit in the world in charge, and he could also switch it off at his pleasure? It's just a really good and solid way of running a railroad. That's just, yeah, internet mm. access when your dad lived in the house. Do you know what I mean? In the nineties. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you I am. I'm beset by a fickle, capricious, Jovian dickhead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so this is this is like the, the start of it. So damage the public discourse. How's this for one? Um, we're heading towards a future where Elon Musk can potentially choose to switch off the internet um, or control the you know how the internet flows for a large portion of the human race. So that's his opening gambit. But then we get onto what he's also been doing in the public sphere, um, where he has been increasingly platforming fascists and like giving, normalizing them, giving them credence. Um, he has been bigging up people like Alex Jones and um, Andrew Tate and a whole bunch of others. Um, yeah, he and a bunch also... of other thinkers like Cat Turd too. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, he, ha he has. He has been Miles Chong. Yep. Um, I mean, we could be here all night talking about all the assholes that he has been both interacting with and profiling and like lending spotlight to. But he's also been doing it for child abusers. Let's be real. There's been people who have been brought up on child abuse charges um, who Elon Musk has been profiling beforehand. And I'm not even talking about the Epsteins. He was famously, you know, photographed alongside. Um, and this kind of this kind of leads to the larger part of it, which is he's been normalizing it. This is included, like, you know, people were posting, like, without getting really grim about it, people were posting child abuse material um, to, you know, Elon Musk's social media platform. And, you know, he, they were banned by the automatic system because, you know, you don't get to post that stuff. And he unbanned them. He said that, oh, it's fine. It was for raising awareness that this abuse was taking place. And so in a grand way, like, Elon Musk has seriously damaged our public discourse by normalizing fascism, normalizing the extreme right wing, you know, uh, views which run adjacent to fascism, and even normalizing like unsafe practices like child abuse and arguably with the Andrew Tate stuff, um, just general, you know, human trafficking and all the other stuff that goes with it. Like he's he's made it okay for dipshits to come out of woodwork and spout this stuff and share this stuff and arguably, um, you know, 
by endorsing some of it himself. I mean, he's really went mask off with his own rhetoric and he's, you know, straight up said things which are, you know, I would say eugenicist at the at the very shallow end, upright, you know, out into like white supremacy at the far end. And this uh, this is without touching just the fact that he's wrecked Twitter, you know, because um, Twitter was for a yeah, while, Twitter you want to say it sucks. Yeah, it, it sucks. It used to be great because it was basically the town square or the public hall, whatever the fuck you want to call it. It wasn't, unlike most social media networks, it wasn't fully confined to your own little pool. It was like there was this great sea out there where you could hear all sorts of random shit. And when it was well policed, when it was frequently dredged, when the worst was kept away to the margins, it wasn't too bad. But he's done everything he possibly can to monetize that er area and to make it that money and like um not even clout in the organic sense but astro clout if you will astroturfed clout uh dominates narratives how's, now how, how's that going really poorly for him for what it's worth um we can talk more about elon musk in another category later but just in terms of like damage to public discourse i think he deserves it for what he's done to the actual internet and it's in the process of doing to it what he's done to the ability to talk and communicate on the internet in like a major social media network. And by the way, as part of that, we should probably also mention the whole thing about like the loss of context and trustworthiness to the extent that now conspiracy theories run wild on Twitter in a way they never used to. Um, there's been some, ac there's been academic research done on this and the prevalence of just like not just non-news or mistakes, but like straight up propaganda misinformation is second only to WhatsApp at this point. Whereas it used mm -hmm. to be quite good about it. Um, and then that's before we then get into is like the normalization of just absolutely horrendous cuntish viewpoints. And, you know, the, I, I honestly think Elon Musk has done more to damage the social political fabric of like the, if I say like the online, you know, West. Um, I, I don't mean it as hyperbole. I think he really has fucked it quite badly in a way that Zuckerberg and all the rest of them only wish they could. And that's it. That's that's your that's your quick high profile. Unless anyone's got anything else to kick in, I think he definitely deserves it. Frankly, uh, I don't think so. Uh, I think that's probably enough to at least satisfy this. And the fact that kind of will come up again later means that I don't really want to bring anything up right now. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And moving on. No, I have a very different contender. My uh, contender is, well, broadly speaking, you could either call it immigration or or, or small boats discourse, which uh, certainly oh, hit the UK me. this fucking year <laughs> in, in full fucking force. I mean, it's been it, it's just been an ever present thing. Like we've just kind of we've dehumanized migrants obviously over the years until they're scarcely human anymore and now we've just you know we've just transferred them into quite literal objects that that you know we don't no longer have to think about the people in them it's just the boats that need to be stopped it's it's been a truly revolting year of course not helped along by i don't know a parade of one home secretary worse than the other who's just like been fucking cuntish throughout um sp some particular highlights this year that have just made like the discourse and life in britain much more poisonous than it's ever been i think um that was of course small boats week uh which hit the uk um this summer uh it was a week-long communication program from the conservative government to say look small boats there's an election coming and we're getting a bit worried so we want to get kick some more migrants to, to death and maybe uh drown them um 
among the highlights of that particular week was uh, saying that, you know, immigration lawyers were using every trick and tactic to make sure that their, you know, clients <laughs> didn't get caned out of the country for no good fucking reason. Fucking lawyers, like. Mm. Yeah, for, I mean, and, you know, it's suggesting in Parliament several times that uh, immigration lawyers who, like, defend their clients should also be guilty of, I don't know, uh, betraying the, 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 the blood and soil culture of Britain, I guess. Um, I, love, I love that, there like, is, uh, of course, the government's approach to the legal system is now, like, when you used to play StarCraft in college. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, no, you're not doing it right. I told you to wait 10 minutes before you attacked or something like that. Like, oh, it's cheesy. I was going to say, 15-minute no attack rule, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, of course, culminating, I think, in terms of, like, the legality of, of small posts, of course, at the end of this year with the uh, new immigration bill that was basically designed to say to the courts, actually, Rwanda is a fine place to send people, and now that Parliament has said it, you can't talk about it anymore, so shut your hole. It was a very, you know, very serious piece of legislation that doesn't at all point the way forward to, you know, people who want to take that kind of reasoning much, much further and maybe apply it in other, other facets of life. Um, there was, of course, also, uh, you know, of course, again, tragically in the news this week, the, uh, the Bibi Stockholm, the um, not fit for purpose, not fit for human habitation prison barge that we dragged over from, I think, the Netherlands, where it Yep. nobody could fill it because it was sued out of existence uh where we you know forced migrants on board uh by saying if you don't go we'll just cut you adrift and you know you just become homeless um it's of course you know gives me no pleasure to say that uh the first suicide aboard the uh the prison barge has has now occurred um according to the latest report that i read is that the man had told immigration staff aboard the prison barge that he was feeling suicidal and then of course nothing was done you know this is just part of the dehumanization and the callous attitude that we take to people who quite frankly if you look at the uk let's say for giggles worth the care sector people that we desperately need to do desperately wanted jobs in this life but of course you know that's it's not 14 words so whatever um uh, just a brief rundown of other highlights. Uh, the Home Office diverting uh, millions of pounds from the development budget to actually train and assist Turkish border forces to stop migrants from Syria, which was, of course, you know, great. Um, of course, the border guards in the UK sometimes feel sad, uh, you know, because they are being asked to do fascist things and to act in fascist ways. And rather than, you know, quitting or, you know, taking a bullet in the head for their pleasure, um, they uh, decided to hire what the Home Office termed resilience practitioners to help the poor prison, you know, concentration ca camp guards cope with, you know, their vestigial humanity and get rid of it as soon as possible. Well, so long as they're practicing well-being. That's yeah. The, yeah, as long as they're practicing mindfulness. Sorry, it's great to, you know. Did did we just have a remember when the concentration camp guards were hard discourse yes. and I missed it? Jesus. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, not anymore. They they they're mindful now. You know, it's uh, they uh, every every hour atop the guard tower, they just you know take a minute to look in the mirror and say, "Yes, I am Do worthy," and then you know keep doing their job. Do you know? In, in all seri in all seriousness, there was this whole thing, um, a serious criticism that came out of results of World War Two, where people like looked long and hard at Zen Buddhism and its role in like actually facilitating like atrocities in the Japanese army and navy. 
because you know they, they actually straight up they taught them to just like be zen be detached be in the moment but not involved as they were committing slaughters that were commanded to do so just great to know that this shit is just eternal recurrence we will forever be doing the same shit with a different name all of I this mean, has happened just, yeah. before and all of this will happen again there were there was of course you know and that's that's this week's latest latest uh thing is that like um, there's still like about 50,000 people living in, you know, luxury hotels, quote unquote, by which I mean, some of the worst least maintained shitholes you've ever seen with the fucking landlord pricks gouging the home office uh, for, mm. for people staying in barely livable conditions. Um, but those people and we're talking about 50,000 people at this point. And I should also say those people are there by design because the Home Office wants to force people into hotels to force these contradictions to get more votes. It's it's totally artificial shortage that's yeah. being created by design to get you mad. Um, but yeah, the people living in those places, specifically in um, hotels, uh, will now have their weekly allowance um, cut from £9.58 to £8.86. So that's just over a quid a day, like one twenty odd or something. Um, and on this budget, I should, you know, should remind you they have to buy things like toiletries, but also buy train tickets to get to home office appointments in order to, you know, get their migration status that they deserve. Uh, you know, that's just that's just part of the sensible cost cutting that you can expect from the Tory government that will undoubtedly continue under the Labour government if uh, it ever does come to fucking power. However. Yep. One of the most disgusting angles of all of this and the migrant discourse and the boat discourse is that most of this, while there was, you know, some performatory, perfunctory uh, rending of garments by, by the middle class columnists who, you know, sort of saw this coming and then said, yeah, but, you know, the Red Wall voter really loves the brutalization of brown people. Um, now it started to impact the sons and daughters of columnists with a foreign spouse. So, you know, now it was okay to not be okay anymore. Because now John Crace, for example, that utter prick, could get to be upset because the next jump was, you know, surprise, surprise, that it hit the middle classes. Because now the new thing is you need to earn just shy of £39,000 a year, which, you know, ne nearly nobody does in this fucking country, in order to bring your foreign spouse or partner over. But, you know, now mm -hmm. it, it, it impacts people who matter. So now all of, all of a sudden it's not okay anymore. Um, and just as a final kicker to sort of bring, bring it around to the previous point, um, this week Rishi Sunak had a meeting with uh, Giorgio Maloney, the fascist prime minister of Italy, um, where he literally said that enemies were de deliberately driving people to our shore to destabilize, destabilize our society. And then of as course, if we Elon need Musk the help. <laughs> and then of course elon musk uh, also showed up there to say that you know white women weren't having enough white babies as if the 14 words that echo throughout the whole migration small boats discourse uh, hasn't been poisonous and obvious enough it it's truly the dehumanization that we've seen this year has been just fucking disgusting and appalling and anyone with like a smidge of humanity left should be fucking ashamed but of course nobody in our political classes because they're all worried that like apparently everybody in the red wall which is not a thing just loves racism it's the thing that just gets them out of fucking bed in the morning which not mm -hmm. only is like a huge denigration to everybody who doesn't live in london but like also just you know just disgusting it's the as the capital as the failures of capitalism become more and more obvious by the day this just becomes more and more obvious and you know, the results of which they were always, you think, I mean, no, you're not you, the dear listener, but, you know, people always think, oh, this won't redound on me. Well, it will. 
you know, just give it five more years and all of a sudden, you know, you're a small boat person too, especially if climate change keeps happening. So that's <laughs> yeah. my contender for this year's, uh, for, the, for the award of uh, most damaged public discourse. Rob, if you had to pick someone to accept that award, who would it be? <laughs> uh, no legend. Probably other. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think it would be uh, no more than fair for uh, Suella Braverman to accept this award. All right. Uh, next up, Jamie. Oh yeah, it's the fucking it's the Ulez. Um, <laughs> which I mean, this is going to be a, this is going to be a fairly short one, but um, it's. A, a sinister evil scheme plotted by like fucking Sadiq Khan, the like Muslim overlord of like Londonistan. Yep. Uh, and the plan is you have to live in a fifteen-minute city forever, and if they catch you outside, then like you get shot with like woke ray guns that make you like gay people <laughs> or something. It's just honestly, it's like everything your fuck your dad's ever complained about on Facebook just all mashed together. Um, basically yeah, because Ulysses is fun. Yeah, they won. They won on masks and like uh, COVID fucking precautions and stuff, and mm-hmm. but didn't want to give up. Didn't want to give up having something like insane to bitch about. So they eventually stopped bitching about people wearing masks like two years after they won that argument, and now have moved on to like if you don't fucking if you don't allow cars everywhere, if you don't allow a car into your living room, you're literally a fucking communist. <laughs> And should be like herded into the sea. If you if you don't allow a car in your living room, I'm going to do a stochastic terrorism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so the 15 minute city thing is you I wouldn't believe, allow a car. <laughs> the 15 minute city thing is the idea that like you should be city should be walkable. Have I got that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Like all it's basically the amenities. Yeah, your work and your basic communities should be within 15 minutes of reach, walk or, or public uh, transport. But like, I think that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But some dipshit who was probably it was probably your your dad specifically. So go and yell at him. But um, <laughs> like, some dipshit decided that what it meant was uh, if you went more than 15 minutes from your home, then like fucking RoboCop would come after you. Uh, while riding on an Ed 209 and just like shred your entire like fucking family as they try to drive for freedom Um, which is obviously obviously plays great to like British dads because they all like imagine themselves like in their little fucking like SUV jumping over the barbed wire like Steve McQueen in The Great Escape you know what I mean like when in actual fact like all it is is like well what if we pedestrianise the town centre which is you know the worst like a crime against God in the eyes of these idiots and it's just, it's fucking everywhere. It's all conspiracy theories together now. You're going to be microchipped so they can, microchipped through the vaccine so they can know when you've gone more than 15 minutes from your front door. That's um, what the 5G towers are for. The 5G towers See, they, are to turn They everyone, triangulate turn your zombies. position. Yeah, they triangulate your position with three 5G towers, and that's why it's a 15 minute city. Yeah. Or five right. 3G towers that do the trick as well. Yeah. <laughs> That one, that one's more expensive to set up, though. But um, yeah, and the latest, the latest like exciting development was that um, uh, this this story from Sky News: two men aged sixty and sixty one arrested by counter terror police over Ulez camera explosion. Yeah, like I said, if you don't if you don't allow a car in your living room, I'm going to do a stochastic yeah. terrorism. 
But yeah, they're being held on suspicion of conspiracy to cause an explosion likely to endanger life or property. More and like imprisoned all... for being legends. Yeah. Hey. One of them was also arrested on suspicion <laughs> of criminal damage. But uh, yeah, the, the camera was installed on the road on the 6th of December and was cut down later that day, one and a half hours before it blew up. Christ. <laughs> yep. Just like, which is honestly like something you would see in a fucking like um, in a Tom Clancy film to stress how evil the terrorists were. You know, they like they did a first strike on the helpless like Euler's camera and then waited <laughs> for like the ambulance Euler's ambulance to arrive and then set off the the secondary device. Um, <laughs> just fuck it. Do you know what I mean? Just we live in a normal country, so I look forward to being like killed by a, like a fucking hail of ball bearings as I exit the post office. Just because, like, there's a there's a dropped curb there now, or something like that, you know. <laughs> Four lanes. Just just like a bunch of dads wearing balaclavas, like doing their broadcasts from in front of like a giant flag featuring Jeremy Clarkson's head. Yeah, I can't I can't wait till we get the fucking rebel songs that come off the back of this, you know, like good old yes. like IRA style rebel songs, but without Ulez, like I'd love it. Yeah, <laughs> synthesizers and ukuleles for sure. Everyone, everyone, like pledge your allegiance to continuity Top Gear. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's like you know what I mean. That's that's really all there is to say on you, Les. It's fucking Facebook people being Facebook people for the most part. Oh yeah, but don't, don't forget escaped uh... escaped containment into like fucking town meetings and uh, that like Raji wife who fucking dresses up like a. Uh, what was it, a suffragette Lila was on about and yells about fucking Euler's in the middle of Newcastle? Oh. Don't forget, though, it was also um, a convenient scapegoat for Keir Starmer after that one by-election, and I forget where it was. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yes. Yeah. My favourite yeah. thing about all of this in terms of, like, the practicalities is, as far as I understand it, like, the, the, the Euler's, like, the actual exclusion is only for, like, diesel cars from before 2006. And it's like, if you still have one of those, I don't know, buddy, like, you know, you can, <laughs> you, can you can do yeah, better. But just take the fucking bus. It's also, it's also, like, um, climate change related, isn't it? So, your dad's not allowed to drive his, like, fucking 1988 Ford Sierra. Because uh, because because of Greta Thunberg, yeah, and, and it's all like kids. it's all like it's all like insane home countries cunts who drive to London like once a year and want to drive their you know classic Range Rover into the into the heart of the city for no fucking reason. Yeah, yeah, because like if you if you're a person who actually has to work for a living, um, the idea of having to drive to London every day to do that job fills me with a level of existential dread I don't think I've had in a long time. Yeah, it it's absolutely batshit. But it's it you know what I mean? It it's just a, a good shorthand for those those damnable walks. You tell you that you're not allowed you know what I mean? Ne- next they'll be telling you that it's like bad for the climate for you to build like a fucking scale model of um like a fucking tower block and then set it on fire as an effigy. <laughs> a bonf- on bonfire night or whatever, you know. Well you hold hold on to your hat, Jamie, because I've got an article here for you. <laughs> Right, so uh, what's next? Next up is um, the uh, handle of the butter knife of fascist cut-through uh, in the form <laughs> of uh, Cenotaph discourse, assisted mainly by uh, Suella Braverman. No, returning champion. 
You buy one, you get one free. I said you buy one. For fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> All stand for the national anthem. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so Braverman's up again. Um, this was the clusterfuck uh, around the cenotaph at Remembrance Day, the most normal calendar day of the year in Britain. Uh, it's just just a total fucking mess, and pretty much all masterminded. Um, and I mean that, and you know exactly the way you think it's intended by Suella Braverman. So, a couple of weeks after really big demonstrations were held across the UK, a lot of them in London, um, against the continuing genocide in Gaza, uh, mm-hmm. Suella Braverman started pushing for something to be done, which was mainly the police should arrest the wokes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's standard fail um, for you know, a Home Secretary to start saying that the police are being shit at their job and aren't doing enough to arrest the wokes. Um, but she went a bit further than previous. Did she literally phrase it as they should arrest the walks as well? Because I honestly believe she's stupid enough to say that out loud. She, I didn't find a quote of her directly saying that, but in effect, that's what she said. Um, she she was getting on at the Met for not just arresting people for protesting, and turns out the Met couldn't because they weren't doing anything illegal, and the Met, like... Does occasionally actually fucking that's, act. That's the, the kind. Law. That's the kind of like tricks and like fucking misbehavior that like lawyers should be killed for. Exactly. Yeah, so what, you're right. What they've done now is they've influenced the fucking like Antifa, and now they're doing tricks as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, we do. We do but, love to import a scare story, don't we? We do. We do. Uh, the Met said, oh, "We can't do shit about it. It's uh, you can't do anything but a static protest and anything that's been planned isn't big enough for us to say is definitely illegal. So, oh well, can't do our jobs." The cops said, uh, "Which you know, normal fail, fine." And Braverman didn't like that and wrote an article in the Times, which was unsanctioned by Downing Street, which then got all the curse of the full confidence of the Prime Minister. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Was this? Are we? Is this once again one was, of those moments where the Guardian got all like het up because the ministerial code? I don't think that was actually anything to do with that. No, it, the the big fuck up here was that she wrote an article that wasn't approved by Downing Street, which yeah, you know, is I think kind of boilerplate shit. But I think what the, was in the, the article timeline, was fucking wild. The timeline was she wrote this article. This article it went out in the Times, and everyone went, "That's fucking racist as shit." Like, wind your fucking neck mm. in. And um, and the prime minister was like, "Well, no, you know, I stand by her. She has a, a full like full support." And then, like mm-hmm. two days later, they fired her because she'd like published it without letting them see it first, or she'd shown them it and not made the changes they suggested. That was it. Like, yeah, like yeah. write it, write it in pen rather than crayon. <laughs> so, and it, she claims that the marches must be banned. Quote, not just because of violence around the fringes, but because of the highly offensive content of chants, posters, and stickers. Yeah, every yeah. year Edinburgh gets more violent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> famously, famously, stickers is something you see at a, at a protest, not something that yep. people just put up everywhere. Yeah. Like famously, people um, walking down the street carrying like fucking like Panini albums and that. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got a few paragraphs of the, um, of the article itself. There will be time for proper discussion about how we got to this point. For now, the issue is how do we as a society police groups that insist their agenda trumps any notion of the broader public good? 
as defined by the public, not by activists. The answer must be, and this is where it all really goes to shit on the discourse side of things, even-handedly. Unfortunately, there is a perception that senior police officers play favourites when it comes to protesters. <laughs> Which is true. Oh yeah, police officers wait, wait until you see love how spectacularly she gets this fucking wrong. During COVID, why was it that lockdown objectors were given no quarter by public order police, yet Black Lives Matter demonstrators were enabled, <laughs> allowing to break rules and even greeted with officers taking the knee, question mark? Oh, air horn noises, <laughs> taking the knee mentioned. <laughs> was, it, was, that, uh, was that the same protest where that one, uh, one copper on a horse just got charged straight into like a stop sign? Because uh, that, oh, was, that, was, that was so funny. That was amazing. Is it, Comrade are, we, traffic are, we, are, we, are we once again doing the... Do, can I do the air horns for different things are different as well, or is it... <laughs> that, that copper riding, like, full fucking cavalry charge into, like, streets, like the uh, a street sign, just... It's a shame Jeremy Beadle didn't live to see that, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> he, would have, he would have loved it. <laughs> Right-wing and nationalist protesters who engage in aggression are rightly met with a stern response, yet pro-Palestinian mobs displaying almost identical behaviour are largely ignored, even when clearly breaking the law, question mark? I oh, have spoken to Sel- I don't know. Um, I have spoken to serving and former police officers who have noted this double standard. I also like uh, like earlier in earlier in this article where she says that uh, like the the distinction between activists and the public, as though members of the public can't be ad- activists and vice versa. Yes. No, it's it's all those it's all those like uh, insidious foreigners coming over here to stabilize our society. Yeah, that was some, that was something. Crisis Something I clearly noticed in like the fucking comment sections when we were doing COC that week was that like everyone was talking about the like as if every single person on that march for uh, for Palestine was like from Palestine. Do you know what I mean? They couldn't conceive <laughs> of the fact that British people were actually involved at any level. It was it was all stuff about like if they come over here, they should respect our traditions. And it's like yeah, yeah, because they didn't that's fucking, because they didn't come obviously over anyway, you fucking prick. Yeah, but that's because like you know, good white people wouldn't support the Muslimics. That's why. Yeah, it's just it's the usual yeah, it's fucking because of the bullshit guns, fucking yeah, yeah, unbelie- yeah exactly, unbelievable yeah. that uh, that the Home Office would fork out every week to import half of the population of Gaza just to march on the streets and then send them back again week after week after week. This is where your taxpayer dollars are going. At, like the, uh, I'm still kind of surprised at like the um, the intelligence failures that every week, you know, hundreds of uh, Iranian agents show up to just like destabilize Britain <laughs> with our protest, like planes full of them, and nobody's like, "Oh, what are those guys doing here?" It's because of all the Azerbaijani teens that are working from home in the Home Office. Oh, yeah. not again. Yeah, um, every every week I turn up with my pro Ayatollah Khomeini uh, placard and every week I met with nothing but high fives and thumbs up. <laughs> now, if I told you that this article hadn't gone as fully batshit as it could yet, um, would you be surprised? Of course you wouldn't. Football fans are even more vocal about the tough way they are policed as compared <laughs> to politically connected minority groups who are favoured by the left. Oh. Like, that is the fucking call to action if ever I've seen it it yeah. may be that senior officers are more concerned with how much flack they are likely to get than whether this perceived unfairness alienates the majority, the government has a duty to take a broader view if the march goes ahead this weekend 
the public will expect to see an assertive and proactive approach to any displays of hate, breaches of conditions, and general disorder. And then obviously, immediately after that happened, GB News and The Times and everyone else who has a fucking newspaper column and doesn't write for The Guardian started shitting their pants about a protest that was never actually planned that would take place at the Cenotaph. Yeah. Like, there wasn't a protest planned at the Cenotaph. It was never going to happen. But Mm. GB News, etc., decided that that would be a fucking scary thing for, you know, its core audience and um, went for it and they just gone. And this then resulted in a whole bunch of uh, football violence and Stone Island jacket enjoyers uh, getting bust (laughs) in to defend the Cenotaph from the Muslims, which obviously resulted in a load of them getting arrested because of the counter-protest that formed around it, which was quite small. Um, and the cops didn't do anything about it, so immediately the cops were betraying the people who were there to do the white pride protest, and they started fighting with the cops to order them to get arrested. <laughs> like the most amazing fucking self-fulfilling prophecy that's ever been seen on fucking British soil. Um, this is also extra funny when you contrast this excerpt from a BBC article in the lead-up to this. Other security measures announced by the Met include an exclusion zone using metal barriers around Whitehall and Parliament and the US and Israeli embassies, as well as a 24-hour police guard at the Cenotaph. A dispersal zone covers Trafalgar Square and much of Soho and North Westminster to prevent impromptu gatherings. Police have also banned demonstrations at Waterloo, Charing Cross and Victoria train stations. And there are plans to prevent a, quote, convoy of cars carrying pro-Palestinian protesters, which is expected to arrive from elsewhere in the UK, reaching Jewish communities. No major protest is scheduled to take place on Remembrance Sunday, although the policing operation will continue with some 1,375 officers deployed amid commemoration events in the capital. Like, it is all fucking laid out perfectly right there at the end in the small print. None of this is actually real, but here's a bunch of fucking shit we're going to tell you to yeah, make but it panic. could be real. You fash it was real. Yeah, this this, this, so this last paragraph could go at the start of the article and just like yeah continue with the rest of it prefaced with but still yeah <laughs> yeah if I was um what if I if was a conspiratorially minded fascist I I would just be screaming deep state articles like this because that is one of the best honeypots that you could fucking craft if you did that intentionally. <laughs> But yeah, um, the the Cenotaph discourse is always there every fucking year, and this just made it even worse. Um, like there was a there was a few other bits in that article that I didn't pick out about how poppy sellers had been mobbed, and it was such a disgrace at the train stations and like fuck. Oh, off. the guy who turned out to be like a massive who just like made shit up basically. I don't yeah, know he that just guy. lied. Yeah. And they, then they had him on video in 4K, just quietly taking down the stall because <laughs> he'd finished at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, you know, just real scenes. Love it. Yeah, good shit. Yeah, he was quietly um, taking down the stall because, like, the, the fucking horrible walks had broken his, like, true British spirit. Aye, that's it, aye. He didn't personally die in World War Two to see all that blue hail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's, um, that's Suella Braverman take two. And I think that's it for... Yeah, that is. That's all the candidates for this award. So we have, just to recap again quickly, um, Elon Musk, uh, Suella Braverman uh, for Small Boats Discourse, the general concept of ULES, 
And Suella Braverman once again for Cenotaph Discourse Worsening. So who do we reckon gets that one? I think you, Les, for being extremely annoying. Yeah. Mm. I you forgot can't. we had to vote on these after each category as well. Uh, no, I, t- uh, I think it goes to... I mean, it's a combined award and it's a cheap cheap shot, but still, I'm giving it to Suella Braverman for, like, both, basically. Because, like, the category is, like, what, who or what has made the discourse in the UK notably more rancid. And, like, the the ULAS thing is is bad, but, like, the, the other thing is insane. Like, really... You can't give it to her for both, though. That's against the rules. There are, there are we two can do whatever we want, Jamie. You have to pick one. <laughs> maybe, 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 we, maybe we could do what, uh, like, some universities do and just give like a double award for some reason. No, no, you have to pick one of the Suella Bravemans. One <laughs> of them, first, one of them looks yeah. normal, and one of them's a palette swap, like in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, I vote for the pale green Suella Braveman. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Eula's actually, to be honest, because. Cenotaph Discourse is always fucking god-awful, and it was just made a little bit worse. Small mm. Boats is like an evolution on the, you know, it's just, it's just the next fucking step on the descent to the basement of human misery. Like, it, it's just, it's it's always been fucking planned in that we were going to get to this point. They've been trying Small Boats for some it's fucking, fucking time. It's bad this year, though, like... Oh, uh, yeah, it has been worse, but I would point out that it gets worse every year. Like... It's not, like, stand out to me. Like, they always find a way to make it worse. They always will, because... <laughs> so what know, David's telling us right democracy. now is that he is a, he's a boiled frog in right-wing discourse. <laughs> Pretty fucking much, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I Elon mean, Musk we... is, like, whatever. Like, he, he's a fucking cunt in that, and, and he definitely does make discourse worse by, like, providing the, the facilities for it. But personally... Like he's just a cringe Reddit poster, and I think yeah. that loses him points and pretty much everything that he does in his life. And I'm sure that all I of mean, his ex-wives would agree. I'll be honest. Like structurally, I'd give it to Elon Musk, but if we're not going for structure, I'd give it to Ulez because it, like Alistair would... said, it's that fucking annoying. Mm. I would not give it to Elon Musk purely on principle because, like, he would be. Annoyed you don't have to hand it out. to him. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, Ulez is right, like then. at I'm, least it's, I, I, at least I want it's to funny. Basically, switch my vote so I can belong with the cool kid. That's that's important no. okay. to me. No, at an emotional level. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, Ulez <laughs> is funny at least, and that it, it does just act as a a fucking containment fucking... pod for every conspiracy at once. It's funny because it's got Pete and Baz out doing terrorisms. Yeah, <laughs> also that. Yeah. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah, terrorism brackets funny. <laughs> <laughs> you are not allowed to switch your vote to Ulez. You're not allowed to immigrate into Ulez. You should be quite comfortable in your small boats country there. Yeah. You're also not allowed to walk more than 15 minutes away from Ulez or we shoot you. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. That'll do it for that award then. Um, fuck you to all the contestants. And yeah. next, next up's up- the, uh, the Paul Mason Sad Trombone Award for Least Relevance. Yep. <laughs> And we we kick that off with American presidential politics. Yeah, because like I just I just literally thought of it like minutes before recording. It's a you know I barely remember. It's just because I literally just remembered it. Um, is because um 
it's almost American primary season, like presidential primary oh, season. Oh, fuck and me. Yay. Nobody gives a shit. No, but With it's like, because it, I say this, because like the award is for least relevant, is like, mm. it's going to be, you know, withering skeleton one versus insane... Well, I mean, Trump's not a skeleton. With He's a very round skeleton boy, too. but, you know, like... Yeah, but pr- pretty much. It's like two dead brains colliding into each other, and, you know, it's, it's a good thing they're all going to be in charge of the... Um, the world's nuclear superpower. It's it's a great thing. There was, of course, the momentary free song provided this year where everybody in the press really seriously told me that... Um, uh, what's his face again? The fucking idiot. Uh, Ron DeSantis was going to be a serious... I was going to say, you're going to have to narrow that way down. Yeah. No, like, everybody in the press is like, oh, Ron DeSantis, he's, he's like Trump without the Trump. And then everybody heard him speak for two <laughs> seconds. It was like, no, it's massive dipshit. Nope out by so you know that was kind of that so that's my first contender because it's so utterly like is that still a thing question mark yeah he just fell off he just disappeared didn't he just vanished into presumably like a florida sinkhole because it turns out that like when he opened his mouth and people he started talking to people he turned out to be like appalling at a level that nobody was able to stomach yeah. Also, like he's still technically going, but <laughs> he just he's doesn't not have the joie de vivre of Trump. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He just doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah. Oh, like that fucking that Kennedy field child. Oh fucking hell! Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Remember him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a uh, what a Lee Harvey Oswald's grandkids yeah. up to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, are you free a couple of Sundays from now? <laughs> they're collecting, they're collecting a very good um, multi generational stipend from the CIA. <laughs> no, Lee Harvey Oswald was not used by the CIA. But anyway, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> right. So um, next, next up is uh, Lawrence Fox. If everyone remembers that fucking dipshit, who? Um, yeah, exactly. I think his dad was famous or something. Uh, so you know, one of those fucking guys. Ah, but, um, a British person. I think his wife yeah, is famous. He's... Um, wait, no, shit. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> is this a guy who murdered a fox in his back garden? Or sorry, it's not coming to I me. I mean, I don't watch him twenty four hours a day, so maybe. <laughs> no, no. James, James is confused. Someone who killed a fox with someone who has the word fox in their name. Well, there's still, time for, him to, there's still time for him to catch up on that front, isn't there? Fingers mm-hmm. crossed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, need, um, he needs the kimono and a uh, base uh, cricket bat, though. <laughs> but yeah, um, he's just—I mean—he's fucking rarely like out of the very minor league news for some fucking stupid shit he's said. Because he—he—he he was just a very shit actor at one point. Um, shout out to anyone else who watched like something he was in when he was younger, and and then like spent years thinking. Wow, fucking Paul Bettany really had like really like had some off days in his early career. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like the the main things of note are um, he runs he runs the Bad Law Project. So in many ways he is that like guy who killed the fox in the oh kimono, like Wario. <laughs> um, oh, the Bad Law sake. Project supports people who are suffering from politically correct court rulings. Uh, <laughs> How how do they support um, them? Do they bring like a hot chocolate around, or what's the deal? They uh, they they clash with police at the cenotaph. 
But yeah, he um, he got. I don't think he was actually. I don't think he was actually an employee of GB News. He was just a guest, wasn't he? But he he got like everyone yes. involved in everyone involved fired when he made an appearance. On, I want to say on was it Dan Wooten's show? Yeah, I think yeah, Dan shit there. Yeah, um, <laughs> but like, imagine, uh, imagine he, being that much of a black hole of like career destruction. Yeah. Um, so, like, quoting Sky News here. I'm going to take you all down like I did my fucking marriage. <laughs> <laughs> the actor turned political activist asked viewers to show me a single self-respecting man that would like to climb into bed with that woman ever, ever, about political, political correspondent Anna Evans. Who'd want to shag that, he added. Um, and they got, in, they got into, like, Classy very guy. serious trouble. Yeah, they got into very serious trouble for that. Specifically, yeah, not any of the other Dan... shit that either him, him or Dan Wooten have said or done, but that specifically was the, <laughs> yeah. the straw that brought the camel's back. Yeah, Dan Wooten got in trouble here because he specifically didn't say anything to be like, yeah, that's kind of fucked up that you're saying these things, and like yeah. laughing along. Well, I mean, like the thing is, if if literally any one of these dipshits ever went like, whoa, we've gone a bit far there, mate, to anyone else, the whole house of cards would like immediately combust. So. Wait, understand I'm the, why... <laughs> I've not been wearing clothes this whole time. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, the, the main highlight of this dipshit year is his libel trial, which I think has finished, but I don't know if we've heard a verdict about it yet. Um, but uh, in 2020, I think it was, in October, he made a tweet. Um, in 2020, he had like a, a big year of like climate, uh, not cl- well, climate denial, obviously. He's... he's, he's one of those guys, I'm, I'm pretty sure, and, and but uh, he didn't. He, he turned up somewhere, like at some event, wearing a T-shirt that said "No vaccine required." I have an immune system, and then caught COVID, which was like a, pati- a personal fucking <laughs> god, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but yeah, in in October of 2020, um, he called for a boycott of Sainsbury's because they supported Black History Month. Oh yes, and when when um, there was. Three people, two of who, two of whom were gay men, called him racist. He replied that they were all paedophiles, um, because obviously that's like a perfectly that's not a loaded thing at all. Like to accuse a, a gay man of being, um, especially when you when you like you hang out with the kind of dipshits he hangs out with, who are all big into the groomers like fucking uh, discourse. You yeah, know? like it, yeah. anyone who isn't a, a cishet white man is a groomer, but. Um, anyway, he got sued for that because rightly fucking so. And then he countersued, uh, claiming that like being called a racist in October 2020 was the reason he hadn't been cast in anything since 2019. <laughs> uh, he, he did irreparable damage to his a career. Bold move. Yeah. Um, and then he just uh, he's been having a fucking great time in court. Uh, the headline from the BBC: Lawrence Fox can't get mortgage after racism allegations. Court told, uh, which he then <laughs> and then he then explains um, without the prospect of uh, he, he lost his he lost his former acting agent Sue Latimer. Without the prospect of work from her and the income from it, I couldn't get a mortgage. He said, "The only income I earned at that point was from the Reclaim Party, which I bet was fucking huge." Just send him a bag of fucking sherbet in the post every every week. 
To this day, I haven't bought a house. I only received one mortgage offer very recently, and it was far too high and wouldn't have been worth my while to take it. So you can oh, get yeah. a mortgage, is what he's admitting to okay. in court there. Immediately yeah. after telling them he couldn't um, get a mortgage. But so so just, the banks uh, offer them a mortgage, but it's not because of like the British economy or the British housing yeah. market or anything like that. It's because of the wokes. It's because the wokes mm. called him racist for for opposing. Yeah, Se- secret top tip: if you're listening, by the way, if you uh, if, if if you whisper in your letting agent's ear that you're woke, you get ten percent uh, off your di- off your rent. It's it's very, <laughs> true. very common. But this is this is a great this is a great quote from him. It's a source of incredible sadness to me that my skill set, which has been highly trained, used at great length over twenty three or twenty four years, it's just been completely put away. It's like okay, the world's man, smallest you know, you violin. In, yeah, you you were in Lewis. I don't think that's like fucking. Do you know what I mean? I don't think it's quite Oscar worthy. Uh, but yeah, I checked his IMDb, and he was in something that aired on Netflix early in 2020. But uh, apart from that, his only other his only his only other recent credit was um, he played Hunter Biden in that insane fucking right wing film, which I think Ben Shapiro was involved in making. <laughs> Yeah, he was. Yeah, I think he's one of the directors or funders. Yeah, where the 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 fucking like transphobic shithead who got fired from Star Wars was in Gina Carano. Yep, it was mm-hmm. her big return to Hollywood stardom after being fired by Disney. She was what I loved that about that is that I watched a clip of it and you could tell she was fucking hating every moment of being in it. Like her every expression was, "I used to do fucking Disney and now I'm in this shit," and it's great. Yeah, um, he was also accused of um, he was also accused of insulting the intelligence of everyone in the court. Um, what, what by turning up? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, no, let me find the. Yeah, what the court is considering is harm to reputation. We say there isn't any. There's a good reason for it, which is that nobody thought the allegations that they were paedophiles to be true. No one formed an adverse view, and indeed there appears to be evidence quite to the contrary, which is just ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? It's like you, you can't say, "Well, Wait, yeah." We, so like, by that, that was that was his defense in court. Like that was what his lawyer claimed. Wait, so he, if if if, if it, I call people a pedophile, it should be so obvious that means their like their pedophile score in the public eye goes down because I'm yeah. such a clown. Is that is, is that yeah? That, that's the, basi- oh, that's okay, basically what sure. they're saying. Yeah. Like, Lawrence Fox is such an unserious dipshit that if he calls you a paedophile, everyone can safely assume that you're not. Um, <laughs> and they also they also claim that the it's libel claim strategy. should not the libel claim should not have been brought, and that the dominant aim was to take him down, and worse, as well as discrediting Mr. Fox as he was launching his political party. Whether one agrees or disagrees with Mr. Fox's views on various topics, he is not quote a racist. That is important to him. So hang on, right. It's like, he's Schrodinger's asshole here because on one hand, he's not serious enough that anyone should ever listen to him and indeed if he says something, you should assume the opposite. But on the other hand, he's launching a fucking political party and asking for people's votes. Like, what what follows here? Like, is he serious enough to vote for or not? Because clearly he thinks he is if he's launching a political party, right? Just, yeah, I can see how the court felt insulted by that one. Yeah, well... His, his lawyer also said nothing in his initial message about Sainsbury's would lead anyone to the honest opinion that he was a racist. It's like, no, he only said like he should boycott them for supporting Black History Month. What's racist about that? 
Who could possibly <laughs> like make that fucking insane leap? Um, Lorna Skinner, Casey, representing uh, the like the, the people who he called pedophiles, said in written submissions that Fox's explanations of what he meant in his social media posts ranged from the nonsensical to the incredible, revealing a level of arrogance that is frankly insulting to the intelligence of everyone present at the trial. Jesus Christ, that goes hard. <laughs> she earlier described the former GB News presenter as unequivocally racist, describing his evidence throughout the trial as lacking honesty and consistency. <laughs> um, yeah, he's just, do you know what I mean? He's done that classic thing where he, like, the, the fucking, the... Uh, the rich, the rich little nepo baby who's never been like pulled up for anything in their entire life, and then they finally have to like explain themselves in a court, and they just like flail around like running from explanation to explanation, depending on what they think will work in the moment. Which is famously a thing that courts love. Mm. Court, <laughs> courts go absolutely fucking wild with delight when you uh, when you change your story constantly. Whenever whenever someone points out what's wrong with it, love to sovereign citizen <laughs> my way through the consequences of my own actions. Oh, I mean, he hasn't tried that yet, but I wouldn't put it past him. But yeah, we're waiting. We're waiting to hear hear about uh, what the outcome there was with whether. I mean, uh, there's twelve days left. He could potentially like get the result and do a sovereign citizen over it within the next twelve days. So why not? Yeah. <laughs> um, True. There's also uh, there was that video that he posted himself because anytime he posts a video himself you know it's always like a good idea tm um of him and the cops in his house and they turned up to oh. question him about shit he'd been saying about you less yeah i'd forgotten about that but yeah, yeah. the man's got crossover appeal yeah <laughs> yeah that was that was like that, I think that was another thing that was irreparably damaging his career that had already been over for two years at that point I think because Probably. because of the cops arriving in his house, they wouldn't cast him in the Hunter Biden sequel. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, that'd make him a better candidate. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, a real method actor to like get the cops called on you constantly. Hunter Biden yeah. with a vengeance. One um one last quote from the fucking uh, from the trial. He gave long rambling answers regarding the context of those tweets and refused to accept that in the absence of that context, his meaning could be misunderstood. It is notable that the more egregious examples of Mr. Fox's racism are also the most recent, which reveals a trend over time in which Mr. Fox becomes increasingly emboldened to speak his mind. (laughs) The actor has made a number of highly controversial statements about race. If and to the extent that Mr. Fox has been harmed and re- his reputation, it is his own conduct and not the claimant's comments on it that caused that harm. Excellent. So yeah, the, the court have absolutely <laughs> like got his fucking number there, um, which is just more like lawyer trickery that we should be aware, we should be wary of. He's he's been framed right. by the deep state for opposing fucking speed cameras or whatever. <clears throat> oh dear. Okay, I think that that will probably do is on. On that, on that fucking um, yeah, that's that's more than anyone else has spoken about them all year. I'm pretty sure. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're making a compelling case from being totally irrelevant, Jamie, because I was bored after the first ten seconds of that. Yeah. Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, you've you've inadvertently uh, removed him from this category by talking about him for too long. <laughs> <laughs> all right, will someone do a quick one then? Go. Uh, I've got a quick one for you. Um, go on. So, the next entry from me is uh, the Liberal Democrats. Uh, them libs. 
Dem libs, uh, yeah, they're back. <laughs> uh, which I have, I've, uh, I've noted their most uh, notable policy of 2023 is the Dem libs policy because I swear <laughs> to God, like, yeah. obviously, obviously, um, what comes through the mainstream media isn't a comprehensive like view of what is actually happening in the world and what various political actors are doing. However. Mm-hmm. There's not even much that's particular. Like even you know, you know, you get like uh, a news article about uh, some political entity, whether it's like Jeremy Corbyn, whatever, just to like point and laugh. Whether it's from the Mail, Express, mm. Times, whatever. There's so mm-hmm. little that comes up that it is actually genuinely, genuinely astonishing. That one of the most interesting things I found about the Lib Dems in the Times. Was just a little, just a little um, header for one of their articles that reads: "Voters will notice the Liberal Democrats exist and will form a view of Ed Davey." <laughs> <laughs> Shoot for the stars. <laughs> I-, I love how it's like Keir Starmer. He can hold a meeting. He can draft a memo. The Lib Dems, they exist. <laughs> it's like yeah. you know. I mean, uh, Ed, so- Ed Davey visible. <laughs> I was so basically what I was doing was I was just I was just um seeing what you know just sort of to try and get a gist of what each of the your, you know standard newspapers are um putting out about the Lib Dems and uh, at one point I was uh, seeing what the what the Daily Mail had to say and their de- and their Liberal Democrat section on their website is helpfully titled Liberal Democrats news policies and Vince Cable updates that's so good that's excellent i love that that is so spectacular <laughs> fucking smash hits <laughs> another post from your boy vince cable <laughs> but there was there was um probably the most notable thing that has happened in the last year i mean like they they won they won like a by-election which was like ah oh, there's a nineteen thousand conservative majority but we we all know Lib Dems do they do well in by elections. They're able to mobilise the the assets that they have in, um, like particular seats in because obviously it's one seat or like maybe two or three seats in a by election at yeah. most. Um, so they're able to have these like huge upsets, especially with the Conservative governments in 13, 14, 13 years of in power, and people are just sick of their shit. So yeah, like mm. well done. You you want to see it one Tory, and uh, we'll see how that goes in the next election amongst all the other seats that you've won. Um, mm. The only other, so the only other th- sort of notable thing, as far as I can tell, is some I, stuff was, that came it out. It was Vince the... Cable getting into a fight with uh, George Galloway in a shit hat shop. <laughs> 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 sadly, sadly, it was less exciting than that. Um, of course, but, it was. Uh, it was. It was, in fact, the the Lib Dem conference uh, where they didn't oh, save say much. But there was there was um, a quote from Peter Wrigley, who is uh, like a a guy who works for like the Lib Dem party machinery. Uh, this is taken from the Guardian. The Lib Dems have already have distinctive positions that Tories would never take and Labour dares not offer. Tucked away in an otherwise bland policy document, passed at conference for a fair deal. Uh, sorry, that that is the name of it. For a fair deal, are the following gems: we shall protect the BBC and Channel Four, four. Uh-huh. <laughs> scrap the illegal migration act, 
champion the Human Rights Act, restore the overseas aid budget to 0.7% of GDP. I hope these exciting proposals make it our manifesto, oh. make it to our manifesto, and our candidates highlight them rather than keep quiet about them for fear of scaring off floating voters. Radical stuff from the Lib Dems here. God, yeah, I've already know. like lost the will to live. What you're saying that you don't want to get pounding the pavement for protecting the BBC and Channel Four, or championing I, the Human no, Rights Act? What exactly that would uh, what exactly that would entail? Uh, you know, left to your own imaginations. Good I do. I do want to say. I do want to say one small thing. Like in the opposite of this category. So like a reason why they shouldn't get this is because Leila Moran is one of the few MPs in parliament that has until like until very recently been saying, turns out all the stuff that's going on in uh, Gaza and the West bank, pretty bad actually. Um, yeah. But as, as ever caveat emptor when it comes to Lib Dems saying good things. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not going to extend that same courtesy to Jess Phillips. So, um, <laughs> Leila Moran doesn't get it either. I mean, Leila Moran has been like decidedly less annoying about uh, the reasons why she's, you know, saying these things. Mm, fail. All right. Okay. Um, I suppose I'll I'll dive in next then. Um, Charlie, King Charles. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's worth yeah, on this year. Yeah, he, he became king this year. Does anyone even remember it? Because I genuinely thought it was last year. I genuinely thought that was an event of yeah, 2022. I genuinely well, did the, coron- well. the coronation Are was you sure? this year, but he became yeah. king as soon as the queen died. Right, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's how it worked. The, ki- the, the monarch particles fly immediately faster than the speed of yes. light from the queen yeah. to King Charles. Yeah. Famously, Terry Pratchett theorized a method of like long range instantaneous communication by torturing monarchs to near death. So, yeah, like you know, that's how it works. Yeah. We miss you, Terry. Um, literally, all I remember about like King Charles this year is everyone like getting mad at Philip Schofield for not queuing properly at the Queen's funeral or something. Oh, yeah, that was a thing. Like, genuinely, <laughs> yeah. the start of my notes about this say, I don't even know what to say about this. Like, I, yeah. I, 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 I got left this one. I did not fucking put my hand up quick enough when we were picking out, like, who, who talks <laughs> yeah. about what in this fucking bit. Oh, yeah, failed to um, touch your nose. Yep. Uh, like, we got a... There was a bank holiday, I guess. That's that's quite notable. Yeah. I mean, it, it's Oh, I it's remember really relevant. he did this year. Uh-huh. When he was at the climate summit, he wore that um, tie with the little Greek flags on it about the um, the marbles, the Elgin oh, marbles. Yeah, really is his marbles. Yeah, our Lib Dem king lives live, lives to reign supreme. Oh God! Um, like there was the bank holiday fine. There was there was like some discourse around the coronation, but it, there really wasn't because it was too respectful for there to be discourse. Um, like, eh. there was that Bonavacantia thing that came out in the Guardian a few weeks ago that people just realised is a thing and has been a thing for hundreds of fucking years. That's some. Oh, is that I the guess. thing where he's like stealing people's fucking houses or some shit? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like a necromancer for bank accounts. But um, yeah, like there's there's not much else to it than that. Um, 
no one cares. Genuinely, no one gives a fuck about him or anything to do with him. For whatever reason, he's not as entertaining as the Queen for, like, both people who enjoy and also dislike the monarchy. Like, it it was funnier when it was the Queen and we were doing, like, oh, she's been dead since November 2021, which she was. Um, Earlier than that, like... Well, maybe 2020, Hashtag I can't fucking Gibble. remember. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, like, only the most fucking, like, tedious cunts on the planet will hear the like, the Queen and not immediately think, oh, that's somebody who's dead. Because I genuinely forget that there is actually still a Queen at this point. Is there? Yeah. There is, Camilla. Uh, oh, she's yeah, the Queen. Yeah. Is he Queen? She's Queen, right? Yeah, yeah. She's, she's the Queen. We yeah. can't remember this and we're normally... Exactly, that's what I mean. <laughs> I, I need to remind myself of that fucking fact. It's just so... Like, I just don't care in the slightest. It's so boring. And I think the only reason that he might manage to make the monarchy survive is because he's just that fucking boring that people will forget there is one. For that is a part. survival strategy, though. Like, genuinely. I mean, like... it's what he's good at. He, he, he's good at having fuck all positive written about him, so why not? Um, so that's that. I will, I will say also... well, a necromancer for bank accounts is the most cynical way to describe the guy who works the defibrillator in the hospital. <laughs> um yeah even um netflix's series the crown has just like lost any oh, fucking sort oh yeah it, it's it's this is heavy fucking guilty pleasure shit for me like it, it, I, I honestly it's it's funny when the mountain boat blows up like that's that was that was the chief reason for me watching it was to see that but and there's been some other like funny little bits that have happened that I've quite enjoyed, but for the most part, it's it's some fucking tedious shit. But it's lost any sort of fucking bite towards the cunt at all because they obviously fucking when they were writing it and filming this season, they went, "Ah, uh, that cunt's gonna be king. We better not now." Like they managed to avoid a bunch of shit that they really should have fucking included for the queen when she was alive, and they've mm. uh, fucked it on this. Like there's a marked change in, um attitude towards Diana from Charles in, in the latest season and it's just fucking it's just quite blatant it's bad uh, but I don't really want to talk yeah, about that the anyway unless it's the Tony me. Blair scene brain still hasn't wrapped its fucking way around that scene that Tony Blair the scene is with fucking like the, the, wild the Tony Blair crowned king what the fuck yeah. is that yeah there, there's a cold <laughs> o- I don't know if you've watched the clip or not when it was posted in the discord there's a cold open where um, the queen is wandering through some street and there's like a news um fucking piece getting spoken over her walking through the street about how um it's the first coronation in fucking 50 odd years or whatever it is and uh it then it then reveals that tony blair is being crowned king to a choral version of things can only get better as the queen looks on and then wakes up from the nightmare with a gasp it's just fucking I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just so weird. Me waking up after taking too big of a hit from the bong. <laughs> <laughs> it's like nightmares that only the, socialists and the queen can share. Yeah, the 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 choir singing like fucking um, things can only get better is what was on those headphones they played to torture people in Andor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just such a fucking... The weirdest cold open for a TV show I've ever seen. 
Um, but yeah, other than that though, yeah, Charlie, irrelevant, pointless. Uh, everyone forgets he even fucking exists, so that's why I think he qualifies for this award. Fair, very fair. Would you like to hear about someone else who's completely irrelevant? Please. Would I? Yeah, go for it. Volodymyr Zelensky. Now, Ugh, fuck off. Wait a minute, how well, did I this mean... US foreign policy get in here? Ah, uh, well. <laughs> um, this guy, this guy, like, here's the thing. In a nominal sense, he's probably a little more relevant than some of the ones we've discussed. But just in terms of falls from grace, in terms of reduction in relevancy, I think he's in with a running. So, uh, like, th- this man no, started I, like, very I opened low- my recent issue of, like, Vogue, and he just wasn't in there anymore. And I was like, God, where's, where's my Zelensky update, Mr. Vogue? <laughs> where's right? the T-shirt guy? <laughs> so, so, in an abs- so the absolute number of Paul Masons for this guy are still relatively high, but in relative terms substantially lower okay yeah that, that, this is my this is my pitch because like we got to remember this guy started as a fucking comedian a comedian actor who in 2015 became the star of a television series called servant of the people where he played a high school history teacher in his 30s who became president of ukraine after a viral video um showing him ranting about corruption right so he, he that was his gig that's what he was doing and then in 2018, his production company registered the name of a political party, Servant of the People, yeah? Um, which made people think, oh, is, is this actor who we all quite like, this comedian, is he going to run for president? And then initially they denied it, but that was a lie. Um, and, you know, in October 2018, uh, they, you know... He was already a front runner in the polls after you know all this speculation, even without kind of actually launching. And then when he finally did, uh, it was beautiful. Um, they did a, 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 a like basically a public statement announcing his candidacy on a TV channel One Plus One, um, which actually upstaged the then sitting president's New Year's Eve address. Uh, they said it was a technical glitch. It wasn't meant to upstage it, but it's total horseshit. Um, just this really slick campaign um, that was very light on substance, as it turned out, because you know his oh, his, his his yeah I know <laughs> yeah right? just appearing on stage with the dog whistle and that's it. <laughs> well, he kind of did. Like Alistair, the joke of the thing is right. Um, his campaign was almost entirely virtual. Um, he did very little mainstream media engagement whatsoever. Uh, he mainly did social media channel appearances and YouTube clips. And then instead of campaign rallies, uh, he did stand-up comedy routines across Ukraine. Um, now, I'm not saying that the Rally content to of the... restore Ukrainian sanity. Uh, I mean, kind of, it was more, more along those lines, Rob, yeah. Like, it was all basically anti-corruption kind of shit. I mean, this is the thing. He styled himself as anti-establishment, anti-corruption, with a little bit of dog whistling, though they took they, they take pains to stress that he was never a populist, right? Um, so that's how he, he, he kind of ran. He just ran, like, I'm an outsider, maverick candidate, and I'm against corruption, which is really interesting because after he was later elected, in 2021, you may remember the Pandora Papers, not the Panama Papers, the Pandora ones, because apparently these massive disclosures all have to start with a P. Um, this revealed that Zelensky, his chief aide... Yeah, we all remember the, the piss tape. Hi. <laughs> um, but yeah. uh, I believe... It's real. I mean, it, it, we, we, will, we will find out the way things are going. 
Um, but yeah, these papers revealed that Zelensky, his chief aide, and the head of Ukrainian security services had a network of offshore companies in the British Virgin Islands, Cyprus, and Belize, um, in- including some that owned property in London that his family were getting kickbacks from. So, you know, that anti-corruption thing really working out well. But the way most uh, people Some people say know... stuff about power and corruption. I can't remember what, though. I think the more power you have, the less corrupt you are. Something along those lines. Yeah, so something like that. Something like that. Um, so that was, you know, that's how he got his kind of start in politics. Then, of course, there's a slight problem in that when shit gets real, having a candidate who very clearly is just like, a, you know, an appearance of, uh, you know, like this, this similar... A LARPA, yeah, he's a fucking LARPA, the LARPA president. And keep that in mind, because this gets very interesting as this goes on. Um, fucking Russia, you know, were, they didn't build up on the Ukrainian border. So this guy, what does he do? He starts talking about the need to do a preemptive engagement. Motherfucker actually suggested they preemptively invade Russia. That's on record. He straight up said that and started pushing for rapid, uh, you know, entry into NATO. Um, now, what's really funny is all the security analyst kind of, you know, reviews that were going on, they were saying that it's unlikely that Russia will go much further than building up on the border. This changed after his statements, and the rest is kind of history, because Russia fucking invaded Ukraine. Now, it's impossible to say for sure, would they have, you know, actually done it or not done it if he hadn't been making all these incendiary remarks, but motherfucker still made them. So there we go. At this point, he then explodes into, you know, international awareness, um, because he was fucking everywhere, including Vogue, as Rob said. Um, because the West decided... Just, um, just before on. you go any further... It's entirely logical for anyone in Britain to assume this guy is as much of a dipshit as he is to the point where he caused his country to be invaded when it otherwise wouldn't have been because our exposure to comedians is the British comedian and Mm, I wouldn't blame any other country for fucking brutal invasion of this country if they witnessed Dara (laughs) O'Brien. But Dara's Irish. You really got to hammer that home. He's very clear on that the one. The Irish would disagree. The Irish <laughs> would disagree. He's a West Brit. Is this is this how we finally end up getting invaded by Russia? Then is it when uh, when that fucking lanky streak of piss off pointless finally gets his like witty, sensible <laughs> centrist party? Oh Jesus! Yeah, yeah. Quite possibly. Again, though, we but would yeah. deserve it at that point. We fucking, we fucking would. If anyone, anyone founded a political party on the idea that it was witty, I would. <laughs> that Richard Osman, that's the fucking prick. Noted, noted crime author Richard Osman. Imagine being an actual crime author. Imagine, imagine being a guy who's like honed his craft writing books about crime, and you have to contend every week with like, oh yeah, fucking, do you know what I mean? Some dipshit off the telly's just like spaffed out a ghost-written murder mystery. Enjoy. It's the bestseller now. <laughs> oh, yeah, that fucking... That wizard dipshit, she's written a bunch of fucking shit books about a detective. You're, you're like... You're relegated to the fucking third page of the literary supplement now. I hope you're happy with that. Just fucking... <laughs> no one respects crime fiction, do you know what I mean? It's, it's fucking disgraceful. I'll <sighs> do a book about that. Yeah. <laughs> a true crime, true crime about who murdered crime fiction. <laughs> see this is how 
little relevancy Zelensky has. Like, talking about this shit yeah. is far more interesting than the man's actual life. But to finish it off, um, so yeah, because for geopolitical reasons we won't go into, because we've done them to death, um, you know, America and the West at large decided that it would be useful to drag Ukraine into a war with Russia and to basically keep them there, to basically tie up Russia and to, you know, um, reduce, like, Russia's military capacity by basically turning Ukraine into a meat grinder. Um, and as a consequence, they gave him the, you know, the star treatment. This guy was everywhere. He was on every fucking television channel, every, you know, cover. You know, you could not get away from this cunt. Yet time has changed. And basically, after he did his massive press tour, uh, gradually over time, Ukraine became less and less relevant. Like, it had done its job. It had tied up Russia. It kept him busy. And also it became increasingly apparent that looks like Ukraine can't actually win. Um... And, and that was so, obvious from the fucking jump, though, wasn't it? I mean, it kind of was. I mean, they, they basically picked him up and said... Unless, oh, you've you, got, you... unless you've got a shitty cartoon dog in your fucking Twitter profile, that shit was, like, well apparent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, the interesting... You've got to remember, the, uh, for Oz Catergy, all countries on maps look really big. <laughs> there's no there's no historical precedent for armies marching into Russia and having loads and loads of problems. It's just never happened before. Yeah. No, even not even once. Napoleon Starling went down. <laughs> uh, um, but but to to kind of wind it up, basically, since uh, since we can concluded that you know Ukraine's done its job, and they even talked Ukraine out of taking like actual peace negotiations with Russia because like no no you can totally yeah. win it mate you can totally take him mate look he's not that big mate on you go uh, now. We are in the position where the U.S. State Department is like, ah, we've got other shit to worry about. This stuff with Israel yeah, is leave, getting leave kind it, of mate, expensive. It's not worth it. Yeah, and so uh, we're <laughs> now into Ukraine. Israel is again my best friend. Yeah, and so we're now we're now getting to the point where you're getting you're getting statements from Biden's like, uh, we are coming to the end of our ability to help Ukraine. Um, but you're also getting like you know just general kind of fatigue with bothering with Ukraine. Meanwhile, just today, live almost, uh, there was a big, long marathon news conference from Zelensky trying to insist on the relevance of Ukraine and his own personal relevance. Um, you know, basically doing a, a fucking live charity appeal for, like, international arms aid for Ukraine, uh, which was pretty my, great. My man was like, damn, the US loves filibusters. We'll get a load of this. Yeah. Mm. Weapons me. Weapons me now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just because like um, everyone, everyone, oh, like the international community has just decided that like Israel's the hot new thing. Yeah, like yeah. Ukraine. Well, no one, no one cares yeah. about that anymore. The it's, good it's thing about the West is that it can but, only focus on one thing at a time. Because by God, if it could do two, the world would be fucked. Pretty much. Um, but yeah, but it's yeah, literally. That... Um, it's literally that bit from The Simpsons where the the guy from the State Department's explaining like Crocodile Dundee. And how, for some reason, the, the Australians <laughs> thought this would last forever. <laughs> but yeah, to, to kind of put it in place, um, there was an analysis segment uh, from the BBC about 
his big like you know marathon conference did today. So interrupting the live uh, stream came this little bit analysis. Zelensky seeks to strike a confident tone. Uh, which is the best passive voice murder <laughs> of like uh, international statesman I think I've ever heard. Uh, and yeah, that's him. That's him. Seeks to strike a confident tone as the high bar he's at now. Whilst also making wild claims of things like, oh, we're going to produce a, a million fucking kill drones next year for fighting the Russians and all this kind of shit. Um, there's an interesting question as to whether he's going to stick around as president for much longer. Um, but yeah, there you go. Like, in absolute terms, yes, he's far more relevant than, like, your Paul Masons or whatever. But in relative terms, this guy went from being, like, his face on practically everything to now having to give, like, really long rambling conferences to try and get investment in Ukraine through arms and to make himself continue to be relevant. Uh, I I think he should get it just from the sheer fight, kind of, Icarian irony of the whole thing, frankly. Okay. All right, well, I have one last brief entry in uh, in this particular category of uh, things that we got very bored with this year, um, and that's Web3 and everything to do with the metaverse, basically. You oh, know, God, last yeah. year we were all enjoying to buy bored apes, be a bored ape, become a bored ape. For sale, legs, never used. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fuck a bored ape, get, get into metaverses, horizon, fields, or whatever the fuck it was called. Um Basically, the only ent- real entertainment that we got out of like Web three this year was um, the, a couple Crimes. weeks ago w- when someone posted mm-hmm. the, uh, the 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 golden the golden text that uh, some absolute top tier apes uh, were stolen. <laughs> the phrase "some absolute <laughs> top tier apes" rattled around in my brain. <laughs> uh, I mean, basically, start as you mean to go on. <laughs> apparently they were still worth like 3 million US dollar uh, and then uh-huh. somebody paid a ransom yeah, of 250k so you know but, but, <laughs> but everybody got the apes back so you know it's a happy Christmas of an ending uh, otherwise there were like a whole bunch of you know all my apes returned <laughs> um, c- continuing you know uh, pyramid schemes scams you know um, if you want to read more the uh, web 3 is going absolutely great there's a great uh, website to sort of skim and keep on top of things the only one I wanted to uh, highlight was apparently um, the Donald Trump campaign which uh, put out um, uh, uh, NFTs of his uh, mugshot from when he got arrested for 99 bucks uh, which was payable to the Donald Trump campaign uh, but if you p- purchased 47, because, tr- you know, president f- number 47 of the NFT- NFTs, which would amount to about four and a half thousand US dollar um, plus fees, um, you would get a scrap of the suit uh, that Trump was wearing in the mugshot and uh, maybe dinner with the president uh, turned criminal defendant. But later on in the email, it did say that that's very conditional and might not happen. <laughs> Depends whether or not they can herd him into McDonald's that day. I love, I love this idea of like a black market of Donald Trump artifacts. Yeah, <laughs> like a fucking, like fucking Jesus, like uh, uh, like parts of the cross, but yeah, like, like relics, Donald Trump, like, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, relics, yeah. exactly. Yeah, like part part of the Four Seasons sign of that one place that wasn't the Four Seasons hotel. You can have some of that. <laughs> Big Mac with Donald uh, Trump's fifth incisor embedded in it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think that like the, the the most important way that you know that like all of this has completely just vanished off the um, off the top is that like this year Apple launched its like um, uh, Vision Quest like a goggle thing for like Meta 
whatever bullshit uh, horizons and so on and so forth and it was like these piss ugly ski goggles that cost thirteen hundred dollars and like you couldn't even get like the people who buy all the new iphones excited for that shit so you know, yeah. good riddance mm. to bad rubbish i hope it goes bankrupt again <laughs> all right nice. well anyway that's, that's, um, my, uh, that's my, my final lot. entry all right okay so we have um american presidential candidates web three and the metaverse lawrence fox the lib dems Zelensky and the king. It's, I, I say it probably has to be the king because he's he's like supposed to be important and I'd genuinely forgotten he fucking existed. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm going to take like, the other tack. I, I on, any, on, on any given day, if you asked me like who was in charge of the country, I would say, well, the queen. Do you know what I mean? Like I yeah. genuinely just yeah. like <laughs> yeah, just, just still assume that when everyone when everyone says the Queen's deed, we're still just doing a bit. Do you know what I mean? Because surely if she had actually died, they would have replaced her with someone. That's how it works, you know. See, I take the, the slightly different tack that I don't think it should be the king, purely because he does actually matter. He does have influence over our laws, and he's I feel like continue. it's a manufactured irrelevance. Yeah, like I think he's lying low. Base. I don't think it's that he's irrelevant. I think he's lying low, and we're gonna have to put up with some bullshit from him in the not too distant future. Would be my prediction here. So I, I don't think I he should get it. I think he's the one on the list list who least deserves it. I feel mm. like the Lib Dems are like the obverse of that because they want to be relevant. Oh, I but genuinely they forgot. Kind they of were, were, were they in? Were they in this category? Were they? I'd like. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Wipe that from my mind. Okay, give it to them. If you can, if you can find them. They're like the fucking A team, but for shit politics. Uh, huge, huge flashbacks to the uh, apathy party bit in Future Armor. <laughs> yeah, if if you can tell find them, and if no one else will ask you to pay, f- <laughs> and if no one else will ask you to pay five p for a plastic bag, maybe you can hire <laughs> the dem <Dead> lips. lips. <laughs> Yeah, um, I I think I I don't know like, the Web three stuff's tempting, but like I feel that yeah, Web three's being pushed as a as a thing to make money. The Lib Dems mm. are being pushed as a way for people to like make a living as public figures, and they're completely fucking it up. Let's, so that's funnier. Let's let's be completely honest. The Lib Dems are the man being hit with football of politics. <laughs> <laughs> we can just we can just close the vote now. We already have the winner. I think I think we've stop the count. Can. All right, deal. Yeah, <laughs> stop the count. Exactly right. Now, if we were doing this same thing in 2024, maybe things would be different. If we've had a general election <laughs> campaign that's gone awry. Yeah, <laughs> if Admania has indeed uh, swept the nation. Yeah, we'll be, call- <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be calling the the Dem Libs one in twenty twenty four. So, like, this may be our last <laughs> chance to give them a give them an award. What um what woodland creature do you think Ed Davy hunts for sport? <laughs> Beavers, voles, <laughs> the noble stoat, <laughs> the monster. I think he hunts squirrels, but more out of obligation. And he's not very good at it. That that'll be why we all feel like he's such a bit, a, a such a like a stand up guy. He'll be humanized through his uh, un you know un, unwavering 
duty to killing the squirrels despite his personal feelings about it. A true politician that can make the hard choices. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, are we all agreed then the Lib Dems win that? Yeah, yeah. I guess they do. Okie doke. Right, um, we are running a little bit long, but um, we've got way more awards and we've got parts of the episode to go, so uh, let's just crack on with um, the next award, shall we? So, the next award is the Acme Award for Most Cartoonishly Ridiculous Thing. And we're taking the so, most nebulous definition of thing there to make sure that we can talk about the next thing that we're going to talk about, because... Banging, banging my clipboard yeah. and chanting Cybertruck. Uh, no, sorry, Jamie. It's better down where it's wetter under the sea, my friend. It's the sub. Yeah, the Cybertruck. <laughs> once, once they launch that like fucking upgrade that puts blue tack in the door seals or whatever the fuck it's going to do. I'll get Jamie, there. I'll Jamie. get there in a bit. Counterpoint, the Cybertruck aspires to be the sub, but the sub was the OG useless thing. Um... Okay, where, where do we start? Imagine that you're Boeing and you have this fucking carbon fiber hull which has failed your quality standards. Probably needs to be binned then. Au contraire, my friend. There is this little known dude who thinks that it'd be a good idea to visit the bottom of the sea to see the wreck of the Titanic. And boy, does he have a use for your carbon shell, which in no way, shape or form was rated for that depth or pressure. Uh, yeah, it's the sub. It's the fucking sub. It's the video game controller piloted sub uh, where you had to sign a disclaimer that you were a member of the crew rather than a passenger so they couldn't, your estate couldn't sue them after you inevitably died and got turned into a fine red paste. Uh, I mean, what do we have to say here? Like, I genuinely, every time I've, I've thought about this, I've just thought there's, there's just so much and we spent so long talking about it. So in the interest of time and brevity, because you did say, David, we're, we're kind of running over, um, it's the sub. The sub is a thing which didn't need to exist and its sole redeeming feature is it took out two billionaires. So there you go. It did have that. Well, that's some high quality redeeming though. Like that's... that's... Someone, yeah. Oh, well, Redemption does not rule it out of this award, thankfully. No, it um, doesn't. It no, that's true. It is a cartoonishly what ridiculous was, thing. That's very. This is very. Obvious. Yeah. What was the name of the sub again? I can't remember, and the only words oh, I have rattling around Titan. in my head for some reason is it Event Horizon. <laughs> right. Okay. I don't know why I thought it was called the Event Horizon, but it was the only two words that could ever fucking come into this. So yeah, um, yeah. I don't. I don't even know what we need to say. I think we said plenty about this already this year. Like I yeah. forgot it happened. I genuinely forgot it happened until halfway. Like half an hour before recorded this i just wanted to add that that like wasn't it true that like the sole viewing port on it was like where the bathroom was so like right yeah, like, yeah. Take so shit into yeah, like everyone the there was one one side of it was bolted in i say bolted in it was mostly bolted in sometimes mm. they didn't bother putting all the bolts in all the time because it made it too difficult to open which is the point <laughs> um the other side of it had a very small window and just in front of that window was the box in which you shat. <laughs> Not the toilet, the box. Um, so it's entirely possible as well that someone was shitting when this happened, which is even funnier. Well, if you think yeah. about it, the pressure wave probably would have, well... Yeah, no, they definitely, like, you know, stuff was expelled during it, so... I don't think anything was expelled. Like, it was an implosion. 
Yeah, it was impelled. (laughs) (laughs) Just in the last, like, picosecond before you get crushed to death, like, all you see is, like, a plastic jar full of piss hurtling towards your face. (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, Okay, yeah, quality entry. Uh, I don't even, I don't have anything to add, but, yeah, we'll go to the next submersible thing, which is the Cybertruck. Um... Allegedly. Yeah, cyber truck. <laughs> cyber yeah. truck. Well, no, they're all technically submersible. Um, you know, the state of the inside of it, debatable, but there you go. Um, I mean, pretty much everything's submersible if you find a big enough body of water. Exactly. Exactly. Your garden, for example, <laughs> submersible. Yeah. So, uh, this is now at the prototypes on the road stage, uh, and also the prototypes in the mud stage. Hmm. Uh, did did we all see the video of it having to get pulled yes. out of the mud by a normal yeah. car? That was good. Yeah, yeah. It also apparently doesn't have any any way you can attach a fucking tour cable to it, so they had to just tie it around the axle. Oh, yep. that! But that's only because yeah, it's a prototype. Fantastic. If you like, listen to bit... Blue Tech replies. <laughs> yeah, because oh, surely, fuck. surely, would you make sure you would that never like... need you would never need to tow a prototype? It's completely finished and has no issues. Yeah, exactly. Um, there was also the uh, the crash test footage did we all see the crash test footage yeah no that footage was ridiculous that thing is going to murder so many people if they get hit in it yeah well that's the point crumple zones Um, what are crumple zones even like the the yeah well even like the crash test dummies looked like they were in insane levels of pain yeah (laughs) Those were actually neuralinked people. Um, That'd be why they crashed them. Yeah, it's also why they were already in pain. Uh, there's more. It, it just every time we see this thing, it just it gets fucking worse. Like they must have pulled off the prettiest possible prototype that they had, which is fucking saying something for that time when the cunt broke the windows on it to demonstrate how bulletproof they were. Yeah. Uh, but, like, every single picture of them has the bodywork looking even worse than a normal fucking Tesla. Like, none of the parts actually match up to each other. They all look like they've been assembled out of other versions of themselves. It's fucking... It's great. But that thing yeah. with the window was incredible. And then, oh, yeah, like, you that, know, that when, was quality. When they, they made the glass actually not shatter and there's that, like, photo of someone throwing a shot put at it. And it doesn't it doesn't shatter, but it does like fucking like vibrate like fucking drop two inches inside the front <laughs> the door frame. Yeah, but, which I is mean, still yeah, bulletproof. But that's fine. It's it's bulletproof. It's fucking born arrow fired by Joe Rogan proof. I mean, what not what's not to love? <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, three nails windmill in it proof. I laugh. I laugh if that like it's when it's inevitably found out that it's so shitty that like. Even it's not even good enough to stick like a Barrett fifty cal on the back. Like, yeah, the cyber yeah. technical is just it's just doomed for failure. I mean, to be fair, like I saw some pictures of the size of the boot, and I think like you can you can barely manage to get like a very small handgun in there. Like you can't you can't even you know mount a fifty cal on the on the back and like conquer Afghanistan with it. So honestly, I ask you again, what's the <laughs> so point? So what's of it? the point? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the dipshit Elon Musk has said that it should be able to traverse water to a distance of about a hundred meters, 
mostly just need to upgrade the cabin door seals. Uh huh. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. th- there are like. Is that uh-huh. after fixing the panel gaps or? Oh no no no! That, those are fine though. Those are fine. It doesn't matter. Like your hand might fit in there, but water won't. That's fine. Um, it's also at this point pretty much guaranteed to be unsellable in Europe, um, and even the UK. Obviously, there's the whole safety bits of it where the car's made of sharp edges and um, has like negative crumple zone somehow. <laughs> but also, it extrudes no... when it gets hit. <laughs> you, yeah. you are the crumple zone. You are what crumples. That's that's the entire point of crumple zones. Built built the bodywork out of a blade of armor. <laughs> <laughs> there's also just the weight of the fucking thing like the car in the uk at least probably in most places in europe i would imagine as well but definitely in the uk um you cannot actually drive the car as it is listed to be sold in the us on a regular mm. license you need to actually go and pass your c1 to get it that's just insane to me oh is it weighs more than three and a half tons is that like a truck license or some shit yeah, it, uh, yeah, it's it's tons and tons. I can't, I, I don't have a note of the full weight, but it is oh, a well, ridiculous fucking now. weight. Yeah, get your top trumps out. <laughs> oh, three the, three tons. That's, I mean, that's Excellent. just just under. But uh, yeah, that's not ideal. <laughs> no, you and that's that's three tons, like, and what do you get? Yeah, they're not, they're not going to adapt it or change it because, like, they keep saying, like, oh, yeah, it's been too successful. And what they mean by that is we can't cope with what we've been given to do because the manufacturing um, processes are complete dog shit. So mm. they just won't open it up to, like, you know, changes that might need to be made for driving it in the UK. I mean, Europe, like, the, the, the fucking bother? hilarious thing I saw from Mars the other day was that he was basically saying that. Uh, they carve the Cybertruck out of, like, a single billet of, like, aluminium or steel or whatever, and it's like, no, 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 you don't. <laughs> no, you fucking don't. What, what, why, Listen, why are you saying worked, this? It worked for the Flintstones. It can work for him, too. <laughs> just I mean, fucking... The just thing is, if the, Flintstones, if the Flintstones had had self-driving mode, it would have, would have just been a dinosaur under the bonnet, and that's probably better than anything that, like, fucking... Tesla's AI guys are ever going to come up with. Let's be fair. Well, Jamie, it's eleven. Yeah. <laughs> At least but until yeah, you hit so, something. <laughs> so that like, the whole thing's just fucking. Uh, it, it's just it is ridiculous in every way, shape, and form. But it's the the marketing that really gets me because they don't really do much in the way of like active marketing with it and stuff beyond like oh here's the next presentation of the thing. But they just rely yeah. on the but fucking how dipshit else, simps. I ask you. How else are you going to commute to your seastead? <laughs> well, they rely on the dipshit simps uh, to just constantly fucking talk about how they can't wait to drive this through a throng of protesters or some shit that's preventing them getting to their middle management job at Walmart or whatever the fuck it is that the cunts do. Like, it's just yeah. they all miserable think as fuck. Um, they all think that they're going to get to drive one in The Walking Dead. Yeah. And be king be kings of the like <laughs> of the collapse and it's just like, yeah, okay, mate, whatever. Yeah. So that's the Cybertruck. Um I, I think a returning fucking candidate because it's stupid enough. We've definitely talked about it before at least a few times. 
All right, what's up next? Rob. Uh, up next is uh, is an old favorite from this year's just basically a podcast. Um, it does the most ridiculous thing. I still I <laughs> we return to the oceans for for whale carbon financing. <laughs> oh, still <laughs> incredible! Particularly the uh, whale carbon whale carbon plus project, which which just fantastic all round. Um, for a very brief primer, uh, whales do poos, poos uh, create more plankton. But, uh, the phytoplankton yeah. captures carbon am... sinks to the bottom of the ocean, and then stop asking questions. Yeah, <laughs> I hate when like uh, when like Microsoft Office defaults to whale carbon plus project, and you can't figure out how to turn it back. <laughs> <laughs> also, when the whales themselves die, they're big. Uh, carcasses also sink to the ocean floor which means even more carbon capture although you know in, in a shocking twist of events there was recently uh, a study from the university of alaska to show that um carbon uh you know that was supposed to be sequestered by the phytoplankton that sinks at the bottom of the ocean actually gets recycled into the atmosphere so fast it can't count as sequestering so like the whole thing's basically pointless all the liquid billionaires down there are interfering with the process <laughs> <laughs> They're market disruptors. Well, I am the, pleased to announce that the Atlantic Ocean, um, the Atlantic uh, Ocean, is now a homeopathic solution for like money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very nice, very nice. <laughs> it Jesus is eighteen twelve. Oceans have become billionaire dumping grounds. <laughs> oh, inshallah. Uh, I do have a quick update for you uh, uh, with with some good news that um, it, it, it's going to be even more ridiculous. If you remember one of the Whale Carbon Plus Project partners, um, <laughs> Whale Seeker, <laughs> 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 um, uh, these were the guys that like could that uh, is, with with that scientific is such technology. a two thousands file sharing network name. Mm. <laughs> Ocean Friend Finder. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of fish, surely. Um, yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> so, so previously they only worked with um, aerial and satellite uh, satellites to, um, you know, find specific oils in the ocean. But now they uh, have partnered with a new company called Ocean Mind AI. So, you know, oh. right, we're, we're introducing AI to our hunt for the biggest, <laughs> for the most. That should game. be good. Okay. Yes. So look forward <laughs> to the episode on that next year. <laughs> they had a brief interview about uh, Ocean Mind AI with one of the guys from Whale Seeker um, who ended up calling uh, whales quote unquote ocean engineers which is a (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) it's an ocean engineering podcast with slides (laughs) Uh, <laughs> also, I should say because like we we got like several DMs about this and stuff. Uh, so yeah, there was on April first also um, a couple of scientists who wrote a fake April Fool's paper saying that we needed to return, uh, you know, that we needed to turn away from from um, fossil fuels and back to a whale oil based economy. 
Um, <laughs> but it did mean that like the actual Whale Carbon Plus project had to put out a separate press release to say, no, we're real, we're not a joke. <laughs> which I think is... <laughs> It's magnificent. We're the provisional is... whale guys. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely fucking amazing, like. Oh wow! <laughs> you see, when you say the guy called them ocean engineers as well, I'm just picturing that bit from Alien, but John Hurt gets there and like the the fucking thing sat in the chair is just a massive fish. <laughs> 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 he looks in one of the eggs and a squid gets him <laughs> so yeah I think if nothing else that should definitely make it qualify for the most ridiculous thing award <laughs> that is yeah that's that's, that's a my good contender. fucking candidate mm. and I'm also I'm very impressed Rob that you managed to write half a page about this and no more well done, you. <laughs> Master of a stream. So bad. <laughs> All right, final candidate. The final candidate is for me, and it is the Captain Tom and Memorial Homes Bar. Um, nice. I thought. I thought the, be- the, the best. When the you best... when you say that, it sounds like something they would sell in the back of Viz as a joke. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Well, sadly, it is very, very real, but still very, very funny. Um, and I thought the best way to sort of lay lay this all out was to just do a timeline. But fortunately, ITV.com uh, has already made a timeline. So uh, I'm mainly going to be reading from that because it is very, very uh, helpful to have this very neatly well, and concisely put together. As long as you're not reading it out live, um, we don't have to get a TV license for that. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this all started in March 2020 when uh, everyone was going insane from lockdown uh, Captain Tom does 100 laps around his garden for his 100th birthday uh, raised £30 million in April 2020 Tom teamed up with legendary singer Michael Ball and the NHS Voices of Care Choir to record a rendition of You'll Never Walk Alone uh, there were 100,000 birthday cards sent for his 100th birthday Great Western Railway named one of the trains after him, and there was a uh, Simps. Bat- Battle of Britain fly past thing. Okay, yeah, like I mean, we were all fully insane at this point, yeah. uh, and it's only only gets and again, worse. Again, for some reason, the Australians thought this would be permanent. In <laughs> <laughs> uh, July, July twenty twenty, he was uh, he was knighted by the Queen. Uh, again, very normal stuff. Yeah, I remember her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was very real in uh, in in 2020. Um, in in September, the Captain Tom Foundation is set up, inspired by the memory of late of his late wife. Scare quotes around inspired. Um, the foundation aimed to combat loneliness and support those facing bereavement. Which which, which wife was it? The one that ran off with the psychiatrist that they saw about the marital problems. <laughs> it doesn't say. <laughs> Uh, New Year's Eve 2020, there was the fucking drone silhouette. Oh, God. Captain yeah. Tom. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Remember that? One like, one like yeah. equals one respect. <laughs> <sighs> you know, something's good when it makes it into Duke Smutchum. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, February 2021, 
Uh, Captain Tom Moore dies at the age of 100 after testing positive for COVID-19 and getting pneumonia. Uh, and how I've editorialised this slightly. How did he get COVID again now, Well, James, Can you remember? Well, James, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> if you hold your horses for just a moment, uh, he, uh, what, he, he won a holiday uh, of sorts from uh, British Airways to go to Barbados in a plane at the height of a pandemic wave. Sounds fine. Yep, uh, apart from Sounds him cool. dying. So September 2021, um, the Captain Tom's family launched a children's book marking his achievements. Uh, oh, sorry, marking the achievements of inspirational people in the pandemic. Uh, February 2022, uh, Captain Tom's daughter. Uh, is that uh, Ingram? Was that her name? Ingram Moore? Hannah Ingram Moore, yeah. Hannah Ingram Moore, that's it. Um says she can still feel the presence of her father in everything around her as a family marked the first anniversary of the founder at fundraiser's death. Uh, this is where the controversies begin. Um, yeah. Charity commission. Yeah, I was going to say, this is where the going yeah. gets... This yeah. is where we really get going. Yep, it's yep. so good. <laughs> I love this woman. <laughs> yeah, so the charity commission uh, announces investigation of the Captain Tom Foundation after concerns are raised. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the investigation in the investigation after the charity paid more than fifty thousand pounds to companies run by Mrs. Ingram Moore and her husband. They were both appointed trustees of the yeah. charity in February twenty twenty one, though Mrs. Ingram Moore resigned six weeks later for some reason, while her husband remained one of its three trustees. March twenty twenty two. The the, uh, the payments by the way the, the payments by the way made to the couple via their company Tom Nook Limited, which I also <laughs> will never forget. <laughs> Oh, not Tom Nook, Club Nook, sorry, but still. Just a random crossing, a normal thing to do. This company can hold so many bells. Uh, so March 2022, uh, <laughs> like, the, the article continually refers to um, Hannah Ingram Moore as Captain Tom Moore's daughter for some reason. I don't know why it doesn't just say Hannah Ingram Moore. Uh, defends a charity set up on ITVs this morning, denying reports that the charity set set up in her late father's honour had at one stage planned to appoint her chief executive as a six-figure salary. Uh, so then we move to June 2022. Uh, the Charity Commission's probe uh, opens a fresh probe um, after concerns uh, about his family's involvement. It said it would investigate payments by the charity to a company linked to Miss Ingram Moore, Mrs. Ingram Moore, and her husband's companies in a statutory inquiry focused on the foundation's independence from the family. So we move to 2023 now, so it's over a year later. The Captain Tom Foundation stops taking donations. <laughs> <laughs> is that good? <laughs> amid, pro- amid a probe into its finances by a charity watchdog planning chiefs had already ordered an unauthorised building to be demolished at the family's Bedfordshire home after retrospective plans for a building, <laughs> a, for a building containing a spa pool were rejected Miss Ingram Moore, not Miss Side note, by the way, because they had like a bunch of people on like the 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 charity board who were like not involved with building an onsen, <laughs> and I think a bunch <laughs> of them resigned or at least like put out a statement saying, um, uh, no, we didn't approve of this, we didn't see it, and it kind of just fucking happened without <laughs> without us being present. So we we <laughs> put pull our hands off this. Just incredible stuff. 
<laughs> so uh, it's still it's still in July 2023. It says uh, the article says. It's not really an article, it's more like just a timeline, but anyway. Uh, the building was approved to be used in connection with the Captain Tom Foundation and its charitable objectives, presumably one of those objectives being building a big spa pool in the back garden. <laughs> <laughs> uh, later revised well, after a larger building a containing a spa pool was built. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> Mrs. Ing- Miss... In- what? I- very, it's very inconsistent the way it refers to Hannah Ingram Moore. If it's Mrs. Ingram Moore, Ms. Ingram Moore. Uh, anyway, um, Ms. Ingram Moore appeals the, against the demolition order. So uh, this is only a few months ago now. So we're this is getting quite up to date now. Uh, September 2023, a probe into charity had a massive adverse impact on fundraising. The charity claims, as accounts revealed, no that the late late veteran's daughter received more than seventy thousand pounds to head the charity. Accounts reveal that the income of the charity more than halved from one million pounds in the twenty twenty in twenty twenty one financial year to just four hundred thousand pounds for the eighteen months June twenty twenty one to November twenty twenty two. Okay, and this is the this is the last segment segment in the in the timeline. To October twenty twenty three, Hannah Ingram Moore defends herself in an interview with Piers Morgan as it emerges that her family kept profits from three books he had written, reported by the Sun to be be eight hundred thousand pounds. She says that her father wanted to, them to get the profits from book sales, and that's it. That's uh, that's um, that is the uh, very very nice timeline put together by uh, ITV.com. It was so. Who who keeps the money from the uh, the Sir Tom Moore Dam Busters clock plate of Tutankhamun? <laughs> Presumably Hannah Ingram Moore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love Wonderful. these people so much. It's <laughs> oh, I mean, it's <laughs> it really is just a testament to like you know Brit- like that british grifting that we're so uh, so familiar with uh, just writ- just writ large i mean yeah. like there was so much of it in in the pandemic with uh, the fucking ppe stuff um uh you know all the the furlough fraud and and like this which is what well it's, i suppose essentially amounts to like charitable fraud um <laughs> amazing uh, i'm sure it's fine yeah, just fantastic people all around. <laughs> all right, then. The candidates Cyber are the sub, Cybertruck, Cyber Wheel Financing, or Cyber Captain truck. Tom. Cybertruck. You're all fools. It's the sub. <laughs> I think it's the sub, too. Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. The sub. It, it, is, it is the ultimate example of billionaire hubris resulting mm. in finding out. It's fucking great. Yeah, I mean, it's cartoonishly ridiculous because... Yep. Any billionaire facing any kind of consequence for their completely insane behaviour is just so <laughs> so far outside of like my imagination that it has to it wins by default. Yeah. Cybertruck. It's also just very funny. Cybertruck, but... yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll be driving the Cybertruck down there to see the fucking like flat sub before long. All right. Well, fortunately for you, Jamie, as we know, this podcast is not a democracy. Um, unfortunately for you, I've decided uh, through executive power that I've given myself, and there's nothing anyone can do about it. It's the cyber truck that wins it. 
Yeah, well, we'll see how we'll see how that comes out in the edit. Quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> graciously accept uh, your pri- your your honor on behalf of Cybertruck. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. I'll be honest, oh, Jamie, if you can edit it together so that it plausibly sounds like we all voted for Cybertruck, then I'm okay with my vote being stolen, like Define plausible. Oh, I don't even need it to be plausible. I just want you to do it. <laughs> All right, I think um, part one of the award show has gone on considerably longer than it should have, so we will yeah. call it here, and mm-hmm. uh, you can all, in the meantime, if you have not done so already, go to patreon.com forward slash praxiscast, where you will find one bonus episode that's been released already, and another one to come, um, actually, yeah, another one to come on the 1st of January, uh, the Q&A episode, so uh, yeah. Um, and you'll also get access to the Discord. We'll be posting there. There will be streams happening. Um, so it's twitch.tv forward slash cast. Um, they'll be happening at some point over the Christmas holidays. So, uh, stay tuned for anything about that. Uh, Twitter, Blue Sky, just the usual fucking places to find us for that, for announcements on that front. But you'll definitely know in the Discord. So, you should join the Patreon for the Discord. And, Part two of the awards show will follow in the new year. And yeah, thank you all very much for joining us this year. It has been yeah. shit and we wish it hadn't if happened. You, um, if you join the if you join the Patreon and get on the Discord, you'll get to look at Rob's disgusting like toasted pervert that I'm now posting to the uh, the Vibes channel. <laughs> oh, it's already been posted and we eat for you. Has it? Alright. Well it's going in yeah. vibes as well anyway. I don't care. Because it. it is just a little fucking <laughs> a little horrible gremlin. And I've, yeah. I've been like, it's yeah, been in my peripheral vision the whole time we've done that fucking record. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Uh, yeah. Thanks very much. Um, enjoy your Christmas. Hope it's not completely shit. And just remember, um, family's a choice. You can just leave, walk out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> True words. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Uncles, if Bye. you're quick. Bye. <laughs> See ya. Bye.